Hey, it's J. Mark Accento here, broadcasting to you from the end of the world. We have a live show coming up in a week. That's right, on the 12th of July, 2019, at 10.15pm, we'll be performing a brand new, all-original live show at BlurredCon 2019 in Crystal City, Virginia. If you're able to come, please be sure to come find us in Artist Alley and take a photo with us, get some merch, and, you know, hang out and see how weird we are in real life. And, of course, we will also see you at the show. So that's it from me. I'll see you after this episode with even more announcements. Previously on Tabletop for the End of the World. That is why I want you to work with me. I guess I'm in. Are you certain you cannot look back from this? Your hand passes harmlessly through and the image wavers like the reflection on a pond of still water. No one has reacted at all to Debilica. Did you pick up the stuff? Cheater's Key will let you see through an illusion for a brief period of time. It'll tell you which one's which. And he drops in a a glass eye. Metron, I'm just a guy. You see a large half-orc with one eye. Give me your hand. Both of us are going to go invisible. That spiky fellow's been causing some real problems. It goes right through Ingdok's form, and then it vanishes. All right, horny, abacus, Megatron, let's go. (laughs) By your powers combined, I am a blown cover. Good day, my lovely, lovely listeners. I, Robin, am back once again with your daily wisdom. The Freedom Festival is coming and we are so very excited. There will be explosives and dancing. And the overseers have assured me that they've got some well-preserved leftovers from a hota that we will be grilling on that day. How sweet is that? While this is a joyous occasion, it is necessary to remind everyone of the dark time in our nation's history that led to this point. A time where your freedoms were forcibly established by an unfair ruling power. Thanks to the free market today, you know that the freedoms you enjoy were chosen by you and interpreted by the market research team that monitors your thoughts. And for that precise reason, we are selling Rocket launchers! Oh! Well, in, in a matter of speaking, um, from the comforts of your true reality, and by paying a small fee, of course, you can launch rockets from one of our hidden silos across the city. Celebrate the new and improved Freedom Festival by making your mark on the outer wastelands in the disgusting. Disgusting, horrible mutants.
So, it is true, then. Yeah, it looks like it. How? When? Oh, Comprindo. What? Why did the overseers take my face? What was the point? I don't know that it was personal. For all we know, they could have everyone's faces and use them as notoriously pleasing characters. Yours, mine? Hell, I wouldn't even be surprised if they had Mitch and Yang in there, too. NPCs? Is there a reason? Is that why my family didn't come looking for me when I was unplugged because of this? This book that- Hey, Lily was not... Uh, I mean, she wasn't real. No. She was not. I am real. She was a thing. A tool. Kevin, think. My family may still be plugged in. They might think I am still in there. Your family, too. We might be able to show them that we have not been with them for- I don't have a family. Okay? I don't have a family. My family got unplugged early on and I stayed. But they- they chose to go. Pochoblat didn't kick them out. So, you mean- Lily was my family. And the day I found out she wasn't real, I- And now you, and the overseers, they just- I- Lo siento, Kevin. I didn't mean to. Sorry, I- Need to go. Kevin, wait, you don't have to. Struck me. Damn it. And that is why radiosexuality is only celebrated for a month. As you know, after the month, we return to our duties of shooting mutants and their lovers. On site. That being said, we are pleased to announce that our profits from last month's Pride sales have skyrocketed. In part because there were much more radiosexuals in true reality than we thought, but mostly because every single person who bought a sticker quickly had their assets seized and were expunged from true reality and from the city. That's right, they will get to spend their remaining days happily among their gross, horrific mutants that they love so much. And if they survive the Freedom Festival, they can do it for much, much longer. It's like a game! Isn't that fun? Is Kevin okay? I had no idea. He's been like that since I got here. What's going on? It's Kev. He's just been staring at the wall all day. Maybe it's something Yang's quacks did to him? See, I told you they couldn't be trusted. I'm fine. And I can hear you just fine, Mitch. Oh! <laughs> uh, sorry, I just, uh, you know. I could use the distraction. Let's just play. Okay. Guys, are we going to talk about the Freedom Festival? It's going down sometime this month. It could be another chance Yang to- Yang already has a plan for it, man. What? Mitch? Let's just play. It's like you guys said, he saved our life, so we gotta trust him. Yeah, let's play. Thank you, Kevin. See? Everything's moving smoothly. And, you guys remember what you were doing? There was some exciting stuff going on. Uh, there was a fight. Yes. The guy showed up. <laughs> I pointed at the patsies. 
Yes. Kevin learned he can cast invisibility. Learned? Well, we we remembered that Kevin can cast invisibility. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just turned uh, the girl and myself invisible, and we were holding hands through the bars. Yes, and uh, the absolute last thing that happened is one-eyed Agronok and I believe Henry were... Once again, you've put Henry in the distraction position. They were fighting, and in the midst of their fight, Ingdok appeared in his form and got stabbed and then vanished. And now everyone in this room is kind of staring at where Ingdok was. Wait, who stabbed Ingdok again? Henry and uh, Agronok simultaneously stabbed Ingdok as he tried to get in the middle of them to break up the fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. He got stabbed, and then he poofed. So, Fur would like to do something um, as a, a continuation of, of his, what he was right. doing. Can, can you physically do something while you're invisible holding somebody? Yes. Yeah, he's, he's oh, invisible. He just can't take any attack actions. Right. Which, it's not going to be. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> oh, oh no! It's definitely not. Um. Okay. So See, you say that, but then somebody ends up dead. <laughs> yeah. Details. Is it an attack <laughs> action when you materialize a sword over somebody's head and let it drop? Or is that just gravity doing God's work? That's not my fault. He shouldn't have been standing there. That's a very interesting proposition as someone who's in charge of the physics of this universe. Well, you know, it, it's got to fall some way. Yeah, it's um, not a combat action if you're just untying the rope that holds the chandelier. I, <laughs> you know, it, it, gravity is what it is. Um, okay, so I, I've got little girl's hand in, in, in mine, yes? That's how these things usually start. Well, here's what we're doing. Uh, I'm casting Misty Step. Interest. On myself and her. Interesting. I don't get that until next level. Are uh, going in the opposite direction of all the other, like where where they were facing, like what they were looking at. I'm going the opposite direction so that we are kind of away from um, all that. Opposite direction from where they were. They were the the big fight was happening right in the middle of the room. Um. Yeah. You're using Twin Spell to cast it on Gearheart yes. as well, right? Yes. I am. They, they were in the middle of the room, and uh, Gearheart's cage was on the far end of the room from the door. Oh, so I am as far away pretty much already. You're as far away from the exit as feasibly possible in this room okay. uh, without going into the physical walls. Uh, you would be, if, if it were a straight line, it would be the door, the fight, the cage... And then it would be you guys on the other end of the cage, between the cage and the wall. Okay. If, the, if you were moving, if you were moving as far from the fight as possible. What does Misty Step do? He teleports thirty feet. Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah. So he just he they they invisibled and then they teleported. Yes. What happened to the thing attached to her leg? It's still uh, very much attached to her leg. And okay. that shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. It teleported with her. Okay, yeah. Oh, okay. And we're not aware that he did that either. 
So. That's right. He is <laughs> he is invisible. Oh, and there is still a a uh, cloud of darkness over the cage. Should probably do something about that. <laughs> Be some dramatic. Well, there's going to be nothing to do about it because Twilight's not aware that just happened. Yeah, especially no. since like Vert's over here pulling some like straight who diny stuff. Don't worry, guys. I still have the darkness up. They won't see that you're invisible. Yes, thank God we have this darkness here so that no one knows we're invisible. Wow, <laughs> Manny, how'd you know exactly what Twilight was going to say? No, oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> they are very predictable in their stupidity. Torn, are you going to do anything before I act? All right, so if we're already there, then I, I will be trying to, like, stay next to the wall towards the door, trying to, to leave. Interesting. Give me a stealth roll for that. Okay. Uh, with advantage for being invisible, and Gearheart is going to do the same. That is a 21. Cool. Okay. Was that your first roll? Oh! Yes. Okay, well, Gearheart... Uh, nat 20. Yay! But the, the problem you notice uh, as as Vert starts heading towards the door with Gerhardt's hand in his, Gerhardt's tugging back at your hand, and she's afraid to make any noises, really, but uh, she's tugging, tugging on your arm and pulling you kind of down. She is just slightly shorter than you. Okay. Um, Only slightly. But she doesn't seem to want to speak right now, probably because of the, the invisibility plus stealth. Or at least not speak loudly. Uh, try, uh, I try whispering um, to her. Can you try sign language? Uh, I don't, I don't have that. Um, in uh, Elvish, I'm, I'm saying to her, what? She sort of like tugs your, your shirt sleeve down a little bit to get your ear to her mouth. Okay. She's like, the chain rattles. What am I supposed to do? And I can't move the ball. It's too heavy. Vert reaches down to see if he can pull up the ball. It's it's made of mithril, though, right? Uh, it's made of adamantine. Adamantine. It is, okay. it is uh, an intensely dense metal. Um, you, you're trying to lift it up? Yeah. Uh, give Should me have a, taken Torn's invitation to work out. You know what? Give me, a, give me a strength roll. It's not outside the range of possibility for you to lift this. It's outside Gerhardt's range of possibility. That is going to be a 10. 10. You are, you struggle to, to lift this thing up, but you don't think you could lift this thing up without like throwing your back out or doing some serious damage to yourself. Um, the chain you find you could probably deal with uh, a little bit easier. Like it's a, yeah, it, it's not a long chain, but it would rattle. It's maybe a foot of chain. Okay. Stupid Gnomish CrossFit was supposed to make him stronger. Gnomish CrossFit. Tiny Is the ropes. Chain made of adamantium or yeah. do I Okay. Yeah, the whole contraption, uh, the the brace on her ankle, the chain, and the ball. They killed at least twenty Logans to make this. <laughs> <laughs> I suspect maybe half a Logan would do. He's not Logan, he's the Wolverine. Yes. Half a Wolverine. Would do Half the to construct ride. this ball. Huh. Yes, I have put forth a rather tricky proposition for my party of adventurers. I wonder. While he's figuring this out, could uh, Twilight take an action? Uh, I'll allow it. So Twilight still has no idea what's going on. Um, Twilight would like to use message and just whisper a, a, a message to uh, Vert. And Twilight would like to say, 
Hey, Bert, I'm about to do something a little silly, and I hope you're okay with it. Uh, and Why even send him that message? Why even say, <laughs> like, hey, I want to stress you out real, for, real bad first. <laughs> Why does Torin feel like something stupid is about to happen? Twilight casts press the digitation, oh, no. like discreetly, and makes fireworks appear uh, where the darkness is, like above it, trying to avert everyone's attention towards the darkness so that like a panic starts, wondering what's going on. Okay, that's why Twilight was warning Vert because Twilight was assuming that Vert was still there. Sure. Okay, so that happens then. Uh, fireworks and sparks shoot off of the top of the orb of darkness, and mm-hmm. everyone in the room is now torn between looking at where Agronok and where Henry have been in combat. Uh, they're like, "What?" and then "What?" and "Whoa!" and everyone seems. Fairly distracted. Some people in the room seem like they can't figure out what exactly to pay attention to. Twilight yells, what happened to the prisoner? Here's a question. Um, How far away was the the, the prison uh, from the door? It it was a 60-foot, half uh, semicircle-shaped room. Okay. So you were 60 feet away on a semi on the the round end of the semicircle. Okay. So just keep teleporting. I don't know mathematically. So we're um we're about halfway across the room now. You are entirely across the room. Well, no, Misty Step gives me 30 feet. Oh, oh, you teleported into the middle of the room then. That was Okay, so we basically have to go through the commotion to get to the door. Uh or around it. Yes. Or over it, I guess? Alright, so we're kind of next to it. Or you cast Misty Step like five more times until you get to another room. Well, that I wouldn't be able to do with... uh, Well, actually, hold on. I don't know how many spell slots you got left, my dude. Mm. In the meantime, Twilight asks Vert... Hey Vert, where are you? Where are you near the cage? Because remember, message. He can message me back in his with his brain. Yeah, totally fine. Um, you have psychic communication. Yep. Uh, well, we're not actually next to the cage anymore. We're um closer to the door. Okay. Uh, um, can you can you get closer to the door? I I think he really wants to. <laughs> well, Twilight <laughs> goes. God. Okay, so Twilight uh, uses message on uh, Torin now, and says, "Torin, we need to cause another big distraction. Get everyone riled up looking for the prisoner by the cage. Vert's not near the cage anymore." Did you see those bright, colorful explosions? We're under attack. Destroy that cage. Oh my goodness. Um, pers- and what's your action? persuasion? <laughs> persuasion with advantage. 14 plus 2, so 16. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, a large amount of, we'll say, yeah, uh, a quarter, three quarters of the people in this room are like, hey, yeah, we're under attack, yeah! And they, uh, they draw weapons or have their fists and they're, they're rushing towards the cage to try to figure out what is going on here. And some of them are a little hesitant to approach the orb of darkness because they don't know what's in it. Twilight's casting more fireworks. Uh, what? Well, not more fireworks. Twilight's using press digitation to make more explosion sounds happen around the room to sound like they're under attack. Yeah, and you hear uh, the other devils are like, "Defend yourself! It's magic! Look out for the magic!" Okay. 
Twilight whispers to Vert, I'm making a lot of noise, buddy. You got to do something now. Okay. Yeah, so you're still on your way around the room, uh, but you still have this problem with Gerhardt's ankle is still in the ball. Okay, so here's what um, Vert is going to do. He is going to expend um, some first level slots to create more sorcery points, and then he's going to cast Misty Step again to get to the door. That will totally work. Uh, You get to the door, the door is open. The biggest problem right now is physical movement. But yeah, that totally works. It was two hops, you went from the cage to outside the cage, and then you went from outside the cage to the door. And if I'm remembering my positioning right, I never really left from the door, so Torn's near the door. Yes, that is what you told me last game. I believe that is true. Twilight, where are you physically in the room? You are sort of at the edge of the fight, right? Yeah, Twilight... Um, is directly next to the cage that everybody's <laughs> surrounding, if I remember right. <laughs> no, Twilight is not there, good sir. Oh. Thank you very much. No, Twilight's around the side, uh, kind of cheering everyone on and like playing their loot in a performance, like a battle part, like a battle song. Being like, you got this, everyone! And Twilight's being like, you get inspired, you get inspired, everyone gets inspired! Twilight's not actually giving inspiration, but believes that their music is inspiration in and of itself. Sure, yeah, the devils understand the mechanics of bard play. Yeah, so you're just, you're basically like the doof warrior from Mad Max Furry Road? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, you furry road it up, man. You you got prestidigitation making sparks shoot out of your loot. Everyone else, I should say, is carefully examining that cage with, with uh, hesitance, but also aggression. Some people are, like, awesome. shaking it. Some people are, like, putting their hand in and out of the darkness. Okay. Um, uh, Twi- Twilight's gonna do one more thing. Oh. That's cool. <laughs> give, me, give me one more, and then as the DM, I think I'd like to do something. Twilight is going to cast a prestidigitation uh, towards somebody in the crowd and hit him in the face with like a poof of smoke to make it seem like somebody next to them just like did that to them. Cool. Uh, I'm gonna. Okay. I'm trying to instigate a fight. Like, between everybody. Okay. Well, in that case, it's going to be a deception roll. It's been our number okay. one tactic. And because because they're already so riled up as it is, uh, with a, with uh, advantage. I got a 16. Uh, yeah, someone gets poofed in the face and is like, Hey, man, watch where you're aiming that. And the other guy's like, That wasn't me, man. Seriously, that wasn't me. He's like, I know it was you. It was coming from right behind me. And you're right behind me. He's like, No, man. Just, it wasn't me, man. I don't even do magic. I just got swords and stuff. And he gets punched in the face. <laughs> yes. And yeah, like some people like shaking the cage, and like the one dude is like, like, like trying to like swat away the darkness. He's like, he's not shooting sparks out anymore, guys. I think we're weakening it. <laughs> and Twilight starts backing up out of the room while everyone's distracted and starting to fight each other. Um, and gets to the door. Okay, so, then, the, so, yeah. okay, pause, uh, I'm in charge, and, <laughs> uh, uh, Of course you are. Yes, indeed. Sure. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, you're in charge. Oh, thanks, man, cool. Uh, you guys are all, uh, where are you guys, like, physically by this door, would you say? Thorin probably off to the right of it. Twilight is making their way to it still. Okay. And Vert and Gearheart? Uh, we would probably be just um, next to Torn. So next to Torn. So none of you are like blocking the doorway? No. Okay. Nope. Because uh, you're going to get a, you hear a little, if, using my sensory words, you feel 
a tug on your shirt sleeve, Vert. Uh, Gerhardt's trying to whisper something else to you, and as you lean down, she says, Whatever you guys are doing, hurry up. Someone's coming. Uh, Vert looks up at Torn. Hey, Torn? Um, we're right here. (laughs) I knew it was coming, too. Yeah. Oh, I knew it. Vert. Put put your hand out. Are you a ghost now? Yeah. I just put out a fist. Uh, Vert reaches up, grabs it, and sort of pulls it it down and slowly is like tugging to pull him over to where the um the ball is i feel something that i believe needs lifting and then just lifts with full strength <laughs> oh dear damn it that is if it were any other character that would have been metagaming <laughs> it's like no i solved my problems by lifting them and punching them this is how i should do this it's like it, screw you yeah. that's in character bro yeah uh Torn, I will say, you are capable, you have the natural strength to lift this orb, for sure. Uh, but it is extremely dense. As you lift it, 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 you can feel it slowing you down, and the fact that you're holding this thing, even though it's invisible, it's pretty obvious that you're, like, holding on to something girthy. I put it under one arm and just flex like I'm constantly flexing. <laughs> Another in-character decision, sir. <laughs> Holy crap. I need this. Oh. oh my god. I'm gonna say that until it's until it's questioned, uh I will allow that. Until it's questioned. But oh I will say god. that because it's so heavy, it does limit how far you can you can move right now. Who needs movement when you have strength? Right. Uh so as we've as we've sort of resolved that little piece of the puzzle, rounding the corner and entering the door is Ingdok. And he looks mad. Mr. Ingdoc, look at those fools. They're battling a cage. Yes, stop flexing. Uh, Twilight says, hey, Mr. Ingdoc. And Twilight comes over to give Ingdoc a hug, expecting themselves to run through him. Uh, Can you make, huh, can you make an attack roll? Wait, what? Holy crap. Make an unarmed attack roll. Constitution saving throw. Unarmed attack? What does that entail? Just a, D, just a D20 plus your uh, your strength or your dexterity. Okay. Uh, B plus my... Oh, that was a 20. So oh, Yeah, okay, never mind. You connect with, uh, with Ingdok, and... Wait, <laughs> wait, wait, what? What do you mean, wait, what? I connect with it? Like, he's physically he's there? He's physically present. You go through the illusion. Oh. It's, not as, it's not as good as it sounds, dude. Uh, hold on one second here. I'm just saying, like, he's physically in front of- I'm hugging him. You're hugging him. So you hug him, and here's what Twilight feels. Okay. The very first thing they feel, the most important thing mm-hmm. that they feel, is that they are being- uh, you, sort of, you sort of have approached him from the side, and you're hugging him uh-huh. so that his arm would be sort of where your chest would be. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. And you feel points of pain- you feel spikes oh. uh, enter into, like, shallowly as you hug and then jump back, realize you made a mistake. You feel spikes stab into you for six damage. Well, hold on. You're making a lot of assumptions here. Okay. You you double down on the hug. Thank and you. you. And you you joyously accept six damage. Okay. Thank and, you. Uh, uh, Twilight would like to- no, I'm not Twilight. done. I'm not done. There's all kinds mm. of information you need right now. Okay. 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 What you feel oh, with- Twilight's feeling arms is a set of leathery wings 
you can feel in your right hand as you go in for this hug. You can't make your way all the way around his body. The wings are actually so large, they're outside of his illusion, but they're still not visible. And you're, mm-hmm. you're feeling them. Um, they're big and they leathery, and you can feel more spikes along them. With your, uh, with your uh, left hand, uh, you feel more spikes on, on the chest, really just all around this thing. And yeah, enjoy your six damage for hugging things. Mm-hmm, uh, and mm-hmm. Ingdok is get away, get away, and he swats Twilight. you off and tries to tries to swat you. As he swats me away, Twilight would like the sleight of hand take the key. Tie. Oh, you're trying to <laughs> you're trying to steal the necktie off of a man wearing a necktie without him noticing. Yes. Waiting for how this turns out because Torin might have a backup plan. <laughs> oh, good. You did think of that, too. <laughs> I have to wait to hear if you'll allow it before I do anything. Oh, God. I have to figure there's out... There's a lot going on. I have to fi- Yeah, there's a lot to process with this. Yeah, of course you can do the role. It's a matter of what happens afterwards that I'm trying to figure out. Right. Uh, so you do the role. It's going to be... A very difficult role. And I swear to God, if you say nat 20, I'm feeding you to Manny's dogs. I got... Well, that's violent. Uh, I, I got a 21. Impossible. So it wasn't a nat 20, but I got a 21. You got a 21. I think you're going to succeed on stealing the key. But I don't think you did it without Ingdok noticing. Okay. So yeah, you are... You untie... You, in your hug... Your painful hug. Pain hug? Hug. You untie the necktie, and as it slides off, you pull it out of the illusion, and you realize you're holding... You're not holding a necktie at all, not a piece of cloth at all, but you're holding the string of a key. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I already said Ingdok was kind of trying to fling you away, and yeah. he, he does that, and you get... you He flings you back, you take like a five-foot step back with this key, and he sees that you've... You've taken his king, he reaches down his chest, and he looks up at you. And at that moment... Oh my god. Torin walks up, and full strength tries to conk him on the back of the head with the adamantium ball. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Holy crap. You're welcome. <laughs> I guess... What would, That's that, what would that be? So you were, you were what? You were behind him, right? Yes. Yeah. So he doesn't yeah. even see it coming. Oh, dude, he gets advantage for flanking. I'm, oh, <laughs> double whammy too. It's because he can't see the weapon. Uh. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's still invisible. <laughs> I just imagine I'm flinging around a little girl by her ankle while moving this around. <laughs> you don't even know where the little girl is, either. You're just literally <laughs> just flipping this. flung a little girl around. Um, <laughs> oh, how do I rule this? Uh, let's rule it as... It's not unarmed. It's not unarmed. It's You know what? It's so good. Let's give it to you. It's not unarmed. I don't have... Damage for the ball, necessarily. <laughs> I have some options here. So, uh, let's do... Oh, God. It's it's a heavy ball. Uh, it's either 1d8 it's the or 1d10. metal ever. Indestructible. Let's, I'm not out of options here. Roll your attack roll with advantage, and you still have to beat Ingdok's AC. What would my attack roll be? Just d20? Yeah. 
D20 plus your it's, proficiency. Uh, it's, uh, no Prof- proficiency. This isn't a weapon that you're proficient in. This would be an improvised it's weapon. It's an improvised weapon. Yes, that's what yeah. I said. So it's an improvised just roll the D20, no add-ons? D20 be your sh- plus your strength. Yeah, yeah plus so strength. Still plus three. Okay, D20 plus yep. three. 18. You got it. Was that... I mean, you'll, I mean oh, you, oh, can, oh. you can roll again. I gave you advantage. You could roll again oh, if yeah. you want to. Well, I rolled a 15, and then it's plus three, but I guess... 18 plus 3. Okay. Well, I was, I was looking for that. 21. Looking for that nat 20. You hit. Uh, the damage on this is going to be uh, 1d6 plus 6 plus your strength. So 1d6 oh plus Ooh. 9. 14. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> sure enough. Yeah, you, you swing down this this ball on the back of Ingdok, and you, you, you clonk him right where his head should be. And luckily enough, his head is actually even larger than the illusion would make it make it seem. Uh, the spell wavers as it clunks him on the back of the head, and his concentration falters. Uh, Twilight, and he, I am uh, not done describing things. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and what if you only see, we'd set up the pit of spikes. This is exactly how you take down a minotaur. <laughs> we need more spike pit. What Twilight sees is something they've seen before. They see a purple-skinned creature with bat-like wings coated in long spikes and holding what you couldn't see in the illusion, holding a two-pronged spear. It looks exactly like the creature from the posters. Oh. And it grabs the back of its head and looks at you. And I am going to give you... Twilight, you said you wanted to do something, right? Uh, which, wait, which you does he look at? He's going to look at the party generally, because you're all standing together, but I guess he only sees Twilight and Torin. Well, Torin's behind him, that's why I was asking. Mm. Okay, yeah, yeah, he's gonna turn and he's gonna see Torin. Holding nothing. Okay. Holding nothing. Well, I, I guess that would... Are you still holding the ball? Yes. Fair enough. <laughs> and it, there's okay. only one foot of chain, too, so Gerhardt's <laughs> sort of dangling invisibly. <laughs> Probably looking very unhappy. <laughs> Actually, is she still invisible? Let me check. She did not take an action. I guess she didn't, did she? <laughs> I guess she didn't. She was just an involuntarily, involuntarily, whatever. Oh, if an invisible person falls, then they're still invisible. Yeah, as long as it doesn't attack or cast a spell. And the ball did not technically use God, an attack or spell. It's the worst game of D&D ever. Ingdok is going to see the the chaos erupting around the room, the the attack on his life, and he looks at. I guess he looks at Torin. So, uh, Torin, you have one sentence, one sentence to react right now. What do you say? I think it flew up that way. Jesus God. <laughs> He can't see the ball. Twilight hears Torin say this and use prestidigitation to make wing flapping sounds uh, above his head. Holy crap, that's good. Okay, <laughs> because we're all helping each other. Deception with advantage. From who? From Everybody Torin. rolled deception. No, just Torin. The prestidigitation <laughs> went off. Sure, fine. 18. Versus? <laughs> I rolled a 16 and plus two of my charisma. It's apparently versus Three. <laughs> Jesus. He did just get clonked. Dumb. Okay, so he got clonked and he's. You've properly decepted. While pointing with two fingers while holding nothing. 
because there's an invisible weapon with the with the prestidigitation assisting. It just looks like I'm kind of weirdly pointing with two fingers while holding nothing. And the chaos in the room. Ingdok is going to say, "I need reinforcements. I've lost control." And he looks very, he's got this long beak of a mouth now with rows and rows of teeth, but even with his non-humanoid face, you can tell that he is, he is giving up on something here. He, he says this to, I guess, no one. You can't really see anyone else in the room for him to be addressing. And he points at you two, and set, at Torin and Twilight, and says, Albansite, Tyrannosaurus. We need to suppress this riot immediately before the prisoner gets loose. And Twilight says, I've got this. Come with me. And Twilight runs up to the group and hand and. uh, <laughs> OK, uh, Twilight runs into the group, uh, runs towards the group with um, boss man Ingdok here. Mm-hmm. And Twilight says, here, you need to dump this for everybody. And Twilight gives him the satchel of uh, dust of sneezing and choking. He's like, what is... No, I'm not taking anything from you. Twilight says, all right, if you insist. And Twilight tosses, uh, for one use, uh, tosses a handful of it up in the air and then quickly runs away towards the door. Make a constitution saving throw. I got a 15. Hmm, let me check it. Uh... Aha! I, I, no, I got the note for it. Uh, creature it needs to breathe within 30 feet of me must succeed a DC 15 con saving throw, or else they are incapacitated and suffocating. Yes, okay. Um, holy crap. So, roll for an entire room. I did. Um, and Ingdok, I guess. I rolled for Ingdok. Ingdok passed it. Uh, what happens is, uh, the, and the rest of the room, part of the, most of the room, did not. The ones that were in range are going to suffer a little bit. So let me explain this here. Um... Twilight reaches into the bag and rips a fat cloud of fine red powder into the room. And the powder spreads with a magical alacrity that before Twilight could even react to throwing it, before Twilight could even have a chance to properly make its way, their way, through the, like, through the cloud and out of the cloud, it's already way past that. Um, This cloud spreads almost instantly. And it is inside, like, uh, it's so fine, you can feel it in the, the pads of your fingertips. Like, you can feel it in your, in your fingerprints. It's, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and immediately, uh, the people in the room are just, oh, oh, oh. And all of the devils around the cage are hacking and wheezing and have uh, fallen over onto their side. Uh, all of their illusions have broken concentration, and there's just a pile of 30-some devils uh, swarmed around this cage, hacking their lungs out. I think I've read of this. Twilight just cry-gassed an entire room of rioters. They sort of did. <laughs> Ooh. They. I cry-gassed a lot of people, guys. Uh, while that's occurring, Undok is... He looks at Twilight and... Hey, Twilight. Uh-huh. This is going to be a sleight of hand roll, I believe, against you. Ingdok is going to reach out and... Ooh. He's trying to snatch the bag away from you. What is your AC? Let's use your AC as our comparison here. He's trying to snatch the, the bag, the, the dust sneeze bag away from me? Yes. Okay. Um, my AC is, 
My AC is 13. 13. He's trying to snatch my weave. Uh, he, I think he's going to succeed at snatching your weave here. Twilight's all natural, guys. Twilight don't need no weave. I, I mean, I not to say, it. there's nothing wrong with a weave, but Twilight worked really hard to grow their hair out. Yeah, he is going to snatch the bag out of your hand. Where did you even get this? This isn't standard issue. And Twilight says, hey, you know, you're in a mansion, you're a Lemire, so you find things. And Twilight looks at him and goes, you know, actually, there were a few adventurers that came by the mansion earlier. I think they left it. There was like, yeah. He doesn't even need a a deception roll for that. He's just tired of dealing with you. He is going to say, all right, Ugh, I hate to have to lose some stock here, but you do what you have to do. Roll initiative, guys. Not to disturb your game, but uh, I need to speak with young Mitch. Already? I thought we had another hour. Now. Stroking. I'll be right back, guys. Listeners, we are now accepting donations to make this Freedom Festival the absolute best it can be. If you are interested in helping support Pochablat's cause, you can do so by purchasing our Freedom Flags, complete with the official logo of Pochablat Corporation. Upon making the purchase, we will be taking an appropriate amount of funding directly from your accounts. Of course, if you do not purchase a freedom flag, never fear. We know it is not for everyone. And for your convenience, we will purchase the flag for you and take an even higher percentage from your accounts. What the hell is up with Mitch? What do you mean? He hates Yang. Why is he suddenly working with him? Because he's been helping us. I don't know if it's that simple. What do, you, what do you mean by that? I just mean that... I return young Mitch to you. Thank you for your patience, everyone. No problem, but what did you guys go off... Don't mind. I must be going. Please, go ahead and play your game. Yeah, come on guys, let's play. Mitch. Uh, okay. Right. Um, so, uh, where were we? Roll initiative. Uh, Bert got a 20. 11. 19. Oh, yeah. I don't know I always go last. I don't even have... Oh, wait, I do have negative one because initiative. such a special... Uh, 10. I rolled a 10. Okay, so... Indoc is... He seems to have been just tired of dealing with everyone, and he has now reached a point where he's decided that instead of that, the best way to quell this riot would be to make an example out of someone. So, what? Vert, you are still invisible. Yep. What do you do? Uh, I'm going to move back around behind him. It looks like he's pretty much getting ready to blast us, right? At the very least, blast Twilight. Yes. Okay. Vert shot first. <laughs> <laughs> Vert did shoot first. Uh, so Vert is letting a magic missile go on this guy. Let it happen. Your invisibility shatters. Yep. And as you do it, a magic missile erupts from I imagine Ingduck already has a good amount of damage to their health points. So Vert attacks your health points directly. <laughs> you going to send Ingduck right to the shadow realm. 
Uh, You've activated my trap card, Yugi boy. <laughs> that's 11 points. 11 points of damage. Yeah. Brutal. Plus the 14 I did earlier. Yeah, they, that's 25 total points of damage. They rip into Ingdok's body, and he looks, he already looked kind of worse for wear for his head injury, but now he is laying on the ground and he is, uh, you know, he's getting back up and like, oh, what? More of you? <laughs> No. Okay, I'm very tired of this. I have had a long first couple days. And, uh, but before he can do anything, it is Twilight's turn. No, I love that this entire thing, my motivation has literally just been sweet, sweet pranks. <laughs> like, I don't think Twilight has been doing this with even, like, a semblance of, like, negativity or anything like that. Oh, the dopest pranks. The dope. I'm just, I'm just throwing some sick pranks out there, bro. I'm gonna post it, I'm gonna post it on the WeTubes. Um, <laughs> alright. So Twilight uh, is going to move so that they are facing Ingdok and the crowd in the cage. Okay, you can do that. Like physically? You can do that. And Twi Twilight is going to cast Shatter. Wait, hold on. Uh, I'm trying to see a creature. This does damage, but it doesn't shove back. Never mind. Twilight, Twilight is going to cast Thunder Wave, not Shatter. Okay. Yeah, because I want to shove them back. Please make a spell uh, constitution saving throw. And your spell save DC is 13. Luckily, Torn has not left the front, the door to the room at all yet. Uh, 11. I'm going to fail. Okay, so you are going to take 10 damage and be pushed uh, 10 feet away from Twilight. Yep, Ingdok is going to get pushed back into the crowd. Awesome. And slam into the pile of coughing devils where he no longer seems to be moving. Twilight is going to say beep beep and use the rest of their movement to run towards the exit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally valid. Um, yeah, it's going to put you maybe 20 feet from the door. Okay. And that's going to go to, I guess that's the end of initiative, because the other devils are coughing. Uh, they are not feeling real well, you can tell by the look of them. Like, the ones that have become aware of sort of what's going on in the room, maybe, maybe you know, 10 of them, have looked up to see what's going on, and they're coughing, and they're trying to get up to start reacting to it. Uh... Twilight would like to make their voice louder using prestidigitation. I'm sure you would. <laughs> um, and Twilight would like to go, Brothers! Sisters! Fellow devils! You know me! I am Albinsight! Our great leader, Ingdok, has betrayed us! He is the one that used that dust on you to make you choke! Look! Look at his hand, for he holds it now! <sighs> Deception. You did this to yourself, you realize. Is that with advantage? <laughs> no, because they they saw you fighting with Ingdok. Uh, okay. There's like there um, there there's reasons to distrust you. But there is the bag in Ingdok's hand. We're calling it deception. Okay, I got a nineteen. Oh my god. Yeah. But he makes some compelling arguments. Seventeen plus. Oh, wait, I got a 20. I added wrong. No, you okay. didn't. Yeah. No, you didn't. No, 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 I did. I don't think it matters. I, I think we're quibbling <laughs> on that. Yeah, uh, because I rolled a 15, and I have three I have three charisma and two proficiency. The, the degree of success so, here. Yeah, that would be a 20, then. They got 19. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. <laughs> oh, so dear God. You just oh, so close. barely made it. So what's going to happen is... Uh, Behind you, Twilight, the ones who were fighting, Agronok and Henry, they are kind of, they're kind of trying to, like, recuperate. They're taking it all in. They're wondering what the hell's going on. Agronok looks exhausted from the fight, but Henry looks pretty, pretty sprightly right now. And he stands up and he says, no, guys, 
Don't listen to him. Don't listen to the mortals. We've had. Is, is he? Is he gonna roll? <laughs> I killed Ingdok, and I'm in charge now. And the other devils are gonna look between Ingdok and Twilight and Henry, and he's like, "You guys, they have been playing you from the very beginning. They're all mortals, the three of them." And uh, the other devils, uh, the roomful of imps, looks between all of you. And they look rather PO'd. And Henry starts laughing. Oh, man. Oh, that feels good. Well, thank you, guys. You got me the map and the key. And, uh, you got me my job? So I appreciate that. Uh, thanks, guys. Uh, I think the best thing to do now would be lock you in cages until you're driven insane. What do you guys do? Is this a bit? Why are you doing a bit? Oh, the whole thing was a bit, Twilight. That's not my name. Yes, it is. He lo- he points at you, he's like, Twilight, and he points at Torin, says, Torin, he points at Vert and says, Vert, I have owed you guys quite the debt in the last few days. So thank you. Thank you for paying it back in interest. So do you want to let us go then? You know, owed us quite a debt? Seems fair. Seems like the right move here. No. I'm going to wait for this potion to, or whatever you've done to the devils here, wear off. Uh, and then we're going to capture you, and we're going to brutally torture you until you're insane. And I hope that's okay with you, but I also really hope it's not okay with you. The whole time he's been talking, Twilight's been walking in his direction. He actually sees it, and uh, he's he's kind of okay with that. Like he's He doesn't move, he's staring down at you, he's manning up against you. That's fair, but there's one issue. Yeah. We hugged, and Twilight, remembering where his body is within his illusion, stabs him with her silver rapier. Oh, give me an attack roll. That's right. Twilight's hugs do damage <laughs> in the future. They're just all setups to harm people. Uh, the cost of doing the attack is the da- initial damage. <laughs> okay, uh, Twilight landed a... Uh, 18 to hit. Uh, hits. Roll your damage, please. A 9, because I get plus 1 for it being a silver rapier against a devil. Yeah, 9 damage is going to pierce right through him. You're going to see the illusion around Henry vanishes. And in front of you is an imp, a a pale white imp. You know, the ones the ones you've seen before, but this one's the pale and white. It looks exactly like Plog used to, except, you know, pale and white. Henry is going to stare you down right as you do that. And he is going to, uh, you know, you get a, like this, this stabby stab across his tummy. He's going to look at you and peel himself off your sword. And then everybody is going to roll initiative as he turns invisible. Nat 20. Uh, I mean, nat 20s don't really work in, in this, but eh, good. So what's, what's your total number, Twilight? Uh, 22. 22. 17. Uh, six. Twilight, he turned invisible right in front of you. You're not sure where he is now. Behind you. A group of devils is coffin and hacking. He wasn't like how much time passed from him turning invisible to me taking my turn. Moments. Awesome. Twilight cash uh, shatter. So please do a con saving throw. Nat twenty. Oh, okay. Uh, so you just take half the damage then. Yep. Give me that damage. Um, uh, eight damage. You feel the magic erupt out of you, and the oh, you hear uh, Henry get knocked back. Uh, somewhere higher into the room, based on the sound of his voice. Oh, no, it doesn't have a knockback effect. Oh, no, Shadow doesn't do that? No, it's a sphere of sound. Uh, I got it confused with Thunder Wave. Yeah, so he would actually be stuck in one spot. And all the devils behind you, it looks like they're hurting, too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the cages, uh, actually, you hear them creak a little bit. 
Uh, you hear you hear the cages have actually been damaged by this this high pitched sound. Some of the bars look like they've bent slightly. Goes to Torin. So first, Torin puts his hands to the sun amulet to channel the magic of not his god but a god. Solinari. For the first action, cast detect magic. Yes, so you can see a faint aura. Uh, this creature is floating ten feet up in the air, and it is may it is maybe diagonally in front of twilight like diagonally above and thus having detected his aura with my bonus action i cast hunter's mark oh for sure totally works i can choose a creature i can see within range and mystically mark it as my quarry until the spell ends i can deal an extra 1d6 damage to the target whenever i hit it with a weapon attack have advantage on any wisdom or perception or survival checks make to find it so even though he's invisible i mark him with the sign and instead of the usual sign of hercules i guess now it's the sign of the sun of solinari that's totally valid yeah just kind of floating above this invisible figure it's gonna go to henry's turn and he seems oddly confident uh, despite all the things that have gone down now you can see his floating form reach up higher into the room and he says agronach I'm sorry for the ruse, but I think we both know it's time to take care of some work. Sure enough, Agronok's gonna start, he's gonna start getting up, he's brushing himself off, and now that you're really taking a look at him, you realize there are no injuries on Agronok. He's fine. He's been fine this entire time. From above, magic missiles come down, and it's not super duper good. It's going to be uh, three missiles erupt from the invisible space with the hunter's mark over it, striking onto Vert, actually. It's going to be for 10 damage. And now he is is up floating on sort of the ceiling of the room now. While all of that is going on, Agronok has stood up and he's got his two little axes in hand and his illusion has completely faded now. It's a little green... You would suspect almost goblin-like creature, but covered in long barbs. No wings or tail on this one, though. He has two little hand axes, and he is going to rush Torin. Torin, what is your AC? Yeah, 18 is what it is with shield. I hit. All right. Uh, So the axes are going to come down on you, Torin. For uh, the first one is going to do eight damage. And the second one is going to do seven damage. Okay. And he's... And he's smashing you. Torrin takes these hits, looks him dead in the eyes, and goes, You're going to regret that. Vert's turn. <laughs> You're going to regret that. And then he waits patiently for Vert to take his turn. Henry cast the magic missile? He did. Okay, so he's visible now, yes? Yes, he is visible. With a hunter's mark right. over him. So I'm going to cast my own magic missile right back at him. Sounds good, sounds good. Uh, Ten points of damage back at him. Whoa. Yeah, uh, that's gonna sting for sure, and he is, uh, dripping some kind of black blood now, but he's still in the air. He is going to scream in pain, and then frustrated, he stares at you and he points a finger. And... Oh my god, you're the luckiest boy in the world. Hmm. Vert, he points at you, and you erupt into flame. But apparently a very small flame, as I rolled out of the... 2d10 of damage you could have taken. First off, you're going to make a dexterity saving throw. That is a 12. A 12. Okay, so you're going to take the full brunt of this. Okay. For a total of two. 
because damn it damn it i mean i that that's good though because uh still in the fight um yay <laughs> yeah it's poopy diapers is what that is sir yeah he hellish rebuked you is what he did i know that move yeah he's kind of trying to make his way towards the door but he knows that uh you guys are still standing in front of it it looks like he's waiting for agronach to clear you out twilight your turn. Could you uh, lay out the room for me real quick, buddy? Sure. Uh, you are about 20 feet away from Agronach. 30 feet above you on the ceiling is uh, the now visible albino form of Henry. Torin and Agronach are squaring off in melee combat in front of you. And Vert is sort of off to the side. And Gerhardt's invisible, so you're not sure where she is. Oh, her invisibility doesn't break even though Vert's it up? Uh, they're, they're separate castings. I assumed that they were connected. Or not connected. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I mean, if you want this to be more difficult... No, 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 that's totally fine. Um, You're kind of against a creature here that you probably shouldn't be able to beat, so we'll see what happens. Twilight would like to cast Enhance Ability on Torrin, because I'm helping. Uh, Torrin, what's your health at? Uh, Currently at 26. Okay, I would like to give Torrin Bull Strength. Advantage on Strength Checks, and doubles your carrying capacity. Doubles your carrying capacity? I should have thought of that. Okay. Yep. Uh, for one hour, as long as your concentration is maintained. Okay, then. So I'm stronger. Yes. Mm-hmm. Will that help my damage rolls, I guess? Uh, no, it gives you advantage on things involving your damage rolls. All right. So if you were, like, a grapple check could do it. Although you really don't want to grapple a barbed devil. At what Agronach is. But you would have advantage in mm-hmm. it. My muscles flex and break the barbs. <laughs> so yeah, I guess, is uh, Twilight, are you going to move? Twilight would like to move towards uh, the door. Like, Twilight's just trying to get out of here, essentially. I, I assume you're going to go around the, the melee? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, okay. Uh, and that's going to go to Torin. Torin has sword and shield in hand, having just kind of dropped the ball. I mean, everyone gets, everyone gets cut with axes sometimes, man. That's I don't life. just drop the ball to be ready to fight. Oh, I thought you were metaphorically dropping the ball. Because you were like, oh, I got hit. No. But... Now you're fine. But I will use my last spell to cast Thunderous Smite. He puts the sword up in the air. That kind of pauses like, well, you're not connected to Zeus. Uh, Solinari, give me the power of thunder. If you can. <laughs> uh, there is a, it's a thunderous smite, but there's like a little, a little spark of lightning coming off your blade. Thank you. It seems to be working. It's just a different cinematic. <laughs> just bzz, instead of thunder and yeah. lightning. Twilight looks at Vert and is like, do you ever notice that whenever he attacks, it feels like our graphics change immensely? <laughs> Don't bring up the budget. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta change your Giddix card to a 7,000. And now that <laughs> my sword has... Thunder smiked in it, I attack. That totally works. And the melee weapon attack during the spell will be... Well, the thunder is audible within 300 feet of me, so it's just loud. Oh, it's quite loud. The attack deals an extra 2d6 thunder damage to the target. Additionally, if the target is a creature, it must succeed on a strength saving throw or be pushed 10 feet away from me and knocked prone. Agronach takes your hit. How much damage are you doing? And remember, your sword's not your silvered weapon. Do I need a roll to hit first? Yeah, I guess you do. I got excited. 16. You hit. Okay, and now to roll the damage. Roll the sword, and then to- uh, 
And then tell me the smite damage. Slashing, so 1d10. 9 plus 3. So 12. And then I need to roll for the thunderous smite damage. Or the thunder damage. Mm-hmm. Which was <laughs> an extra 2d6. So I need to roll a d6 twice. 20 damage altogether. The physical cut of your sword lands on his shoulder, and the smite erupts out of it. Like, you can actually see the force smash down into Agronok. But the the thing digs its toe claws into the stone floor and takes the hit and hisses at you. And while the, while the smite did its damage, you can see your sword didn't cut into its flesh nearly as deeply as you thought it would. I thought you failed the strength saving throw. No, he passed the strength saving throw for oh. sure. But your sword, your sword is not silvered. Your halberd is. So yeah, that worked. And now it's actually going to be Agronok's turn. And while they're while you guys are mid combat, Agronok is uh, going to get a. Me- you hear Henry calling down to Agronok. I should say, he's like, "Hold him down. We want to use these." And uh, so he's going to give you a big old hug. Oh God, no, he's not. Plus, if he was going to try to grapple me, I have advantage on strength checks. Yeah, it would have been real bad. That's what he was trying for. Uh, he's like, got it. And Agronok goes to give you a, a big hug, and you you shut him down, and it hurts his feelings, and he has to stop. <laughs> you, he rolled a, he nat one on Can giving I have you a, a different hug. Result? No damage, but different result. What do you intend to do? He goes for the hug. Torin then knocks the arms away, lifts him up onto his shoulders, and then Batista bombs him. <laughs> <laughs> and he just looks sad about it. <laughs> but no damage. No damage. But no damage. Just no just physical the damage effects of in the combat. Yes, the hardest damage. And yeah, Henry is gonna see this, and he's like, "Oh God, good help is impossible to find." All right, I guess we'll end up killing them. The reinforcements should be here to clean this place up soon enough. Bye, mortals. Thanks for helping me get my revenge against you. Revenge against us? Yes, revenge against you. You threw away the most lucrative job I'd ever had because you had to go and give Justin some kind of morality boost. Twilight goes, wait. Yeah. Who's Justin? Who are you? <sighs> we. I'm Hysterian. We killed many devils and people and demons. No, you're not. You're the worst. And with that, you see... Uh, a spell door uh, sort of appears in the ceiling above Hysterion and he's going to move through it and he's gone. The The door closes behind him uh, and it's going to go to Vert. Well, no matter where he goes for up to one hour, he's got the Solinar symbol floating above his head. He's going to look like a total douche to everyone else. <laughs> what a tool. Uh, okay, so... Um, <laughs> The uh, other demon is, or devil is still in front of Torn. Yes, the devil making crap rolls. Ah. Uh, okay. Um, gonna gonna cast a firebolt at him. Seems reasonable. That is a twenty to hit. Uh, it's gonna hit. Okay. Eight points of fire damage. Yeah, firebolt's gonna smack right into him, and Agronok is going to lift himself off of his shame puddle in the floor. And he looks at you, he's like, and he starts laughing. And you can see he doesn't look burned or scorched. He's like, you would dare throw fire at creatures born of hell. Brave and stupid. Uh, he looks totally undamaged by that. Completely okay. fine. And that's going to go to Twilight now. So, 
How does the key work? The key is, uh, I believe Henry uh, Hysterion explained it to you a little bit. The cheater's key uh, allows you to look through it. It's a, it's like an old style key where it's got a, it's got like a loopy on the end that you're supposed to pass like the string through, and then it's a long stick with two little sticks on the bottom. Um, this is all very technical. Yes. Uh, if you look through the hole in the key, it's supposed to break illusions. And you can feel that this okay. thing is, like, pulsing with magical energy. So, can I use a free action to look through the hole in the key and see if I can find a way out? Um, I... Hmm. As a free action. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe as a bonus action, if I'm being real technical. I get, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Twilight does that. If we had trading cards, notable quotes for Mitch would be roll constitution and I don't know. I have to think <laughs> about these things. Yeah, as you like, the the real rule is that it's in this world somewhere. I just need to consult my notes. Um yeah, you look through it, you see um oh god, yeah, everything is sort of in range of you now, isn't it? Like it's if if we're if we're talking about mm -hmm. humanoid vision as being in a cone in front of you, you look through the key mm -hmm. and you see mm -hmm. a few very pressing matters. First thing you see is, this is Agronox's true form, best you can tell. You know, Torn and Vert are Torn and Vert. And you can see Gerhardt. And Gerhardt doesn't look like a little girl anymore. Gerhardt looks like a bald, blue-skinned creature with no mouth, and is still very much chained up to that ball. But this creature is, um, it's small, it's, it's slightly taller than Vert in actuality. But only slightly. Sorry, buddy. Maybe next time you'll be taller. It has it has large, young eyes. The expression on its face does seem to be one of fear. It looks directly at you, Twilight, as you... It, like it knows you're looking at it. And it looks afraid. Can the cheater's key unlock things? You haven't tried to put it inside of any doors or anything. So all you know is what I've told you so far. How? Where is Gerhardt in relation to everything happening? Like, is she? She's on the wall, um, next to the door. Okay, Twilight would like to run over there and try to unlock her shackles. You don't seem to see a keyhole. Um, the band of adamantine around her ankle looks to be one solid, continuous piece. You can't even see a hinge where they would have clipped it on. It looks more like they would have clipped it on and then melted away any of the mechanisms on it. Just poke it. It's what we usually do. Twilight taps it with the key. Nothing happens. Uh, Nothing and happens. it opens. Um, no, Twilight, uh, Twilight talks to Gerhardt and says, Listen, I want to help. I really do, but I don't know what to do. Do you have any ideas? Gerhardt nods and says, Bring me closer to it, but don't let him know I'm here. Closer to... She points at Agronok. And Twilight says, Okay, and Twilight acquiesces. Okay, roll your strength. Uh, 14. Uh, it's not gonna be enough to lift Gerhard up. Twilight says, I can't, I'm not, I'm not strong enough. And, uh, Gerhard lets out this sigh and is like, ah, okay. And you see the little blue arms, little blue hands. Also, she's been talking to you in the same voice, but you can see now, and you can feel now that you know it, like, her lips are moving, but that's not where the sound has been coming from. She, she grabs on the chain and says, at least cover the noise. And she looks like she's going to start heave-hoeing the ball somewhere. I'm going to give you um, one more action before your turn ends. It's sort of a story moment here. Okay. Uh, Twilight 
uses prestidigitation to make explosions occur all around the room, like extremely loud ones. Sure. Sure, that works. Uh, and then it goes to Torin. Torin looks Agronaut in the face. Well, hmm. Fire does nothing. Good thing I'm not that kind of dragonborn. And then spits <laughs> acid at him. As one does. Okay, deck saving throw. I'm gonna fail it. The DC for the saving throw equals 8 plus my constitution modifier <laughs> and proficiency bonus. Yeah, I got a 6. It's gonna hit with full damage. And the creature takes 2d6 damage on a failed save, which you did do. Give me that 2d6 acid damage, my dude. 6. 3. Yeah, no, 9 damage is gonna... Ah, all over him in a not nice way. Uh, yeah, it looks like it hurts him. You actually see some of his, uh, some of his barbs melt a little bit. Agronox seems pissed by this. And then it's going to go to Agronox's turn. Uh, as he's winding up attacks against Torin, Twilight, you notice on the ground is the drag mark of the ball that you're covering up with loud noises. And Gearheart's making her way very slowly with grunts and so much process. Make her way slowly around behind Agronox. Torin, Agronox is going to swing down one of these axes at you. It's going to hit for five damage. I can take it. Oh, son of my mom. Okay, the next one's gonna nat one again, and I don't get any more hits. Yeah, the second axe is gonna is gonna try Just to- Just gets confused and slaps himself in the face. He does. He's like, <laughs> get yourself together. Uh, he's, uh, Agronox swings down with the axe, and you're gonna parry it with your shield so hard that it flies out of his hand. Yeah, that's gonna be it, and as that's uh, going around, uh, Gearheart's made her way all the way around. You can hear- the wind whirling as this large orb of adamantine crushes all the way around, exactly as Torin once did, onto this thing's head. The lump on its head, you imagine, would be enormous if we were in some kind of hilarious cartoon universe. Instead, what happens is the spikes on top of Agronox's head completely shatter as the orb now visible is resting on top of it, and he goes down. He doesn't. He still seems to be breathing, but very much unconscious. And Gerhardt is standing there, uh, just a little girl, and you can see this little girl's one eye is has is bloodshot now, like uh, she popped a blood vessel from sheer effort. She lays down against the ball, and she's like, "You guys got it from here, right?" Twilight looks at Torn and goes, "Pick her up. Let's go." All right. Picks up both her and the ball. Yeah, he has bull strength. And that's He's good. totally fine. My carrying capacity is up, so I can just put her in my pack, apparently. <laughs> I think that's a good natural place to end it for now. No, that felt that felt really good. Um, but I do have mm-hmm. one question. What was that all about? What do you mean? You know what he means. Why are you so chummy with Yang all of a sudden? I thought you guys would be kind of excited about that. I'm not buying it. Guys, come on. If Mitch is coming around, we should let him. <sighs> Thank you, Kevin. Hey, um... Do you guys trust me? What? Look, I know I've made some bad calls, like I sent J-Mark in to save Kevin, and I messed up again, encouraging Kevin to infiltrate Terra Heart, and I get that. Alright, I, I do. I've put you guys at risk, but I hope it means something if I say I was trying to do my best with what we were given. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is Yang has a plan. We're working together, and uh, I just need you guys to trust me. Okay? Yeah, 
Okay. You're just going to expect. Look, Mitch has secrets, but we all do. Right, Kevin? And and if we never trusted each other, we wouldn't be here right now and alive and yeah. almost all yeah, of us together. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, look, I know what's coming. I know what's coming isn't going to make any sense. But I promise you, on whatever our friendship means to you guys right now, I promise you it's going to be worth it in the end. Yes, well, and what else did he say? I, really? He wants to meet? I, are you sure, Elijah? I, you better be absolutely certain. I, well, that's wonderful. Oh, um, dear listeners, it would seem that the beautiful Capitaine Larong is planning to meet with me. I have just been informed by my station assistant, Elijah, that Capitaine Lorong is absolutely tickled that we are hosting the Freedom Festival. Though not surprising, who knew he was such a patriot? Yet he says that he will be coming in for a surprise performance review. Oh, I knew he was a fan of the show. And a certain radio hostess. I have so much to do. A lot of planning. I need to get my hair done. and Of course, I need to get my best outfit and nails. Or maybe I should just take off my nails. I simply have so much to do. Oh, oh, bye. Bye-bye for now. Hi. Hello? Hey, uh, hi. Elijah here. I am... I'm Robin's assistant. She just left. And I guess... I, uh... I, I guess I need to close out the show? So, um... Stay what tuned you? for... Ow! Who Ow! said you could touch my microphone? That is my microphone! It's the Ow, only I'm sorry. thing I'm that's sorry. mine! <laughs> Don't touch... Other people's things. Dear listeners, I'm sorry. It seems that Elijah needs to have another stern talking to. Stay tuned for the sound of tears as I hook him up to a car battery. Thank you, and keep living your truth. Hey everyone, so I've got quite a few announcements for all of you, so buckle in, because it's all extremely exciting. First off, our TFU Pride shirts have been selling like crazy, and we have managed to raise almost $300 for the National Center for Transgender Equality. But sexual and gender identities are more than one month, and so we will be extending our shirts availability through July and make an even larger donation at the end of the month. If you get a shirt, please send us a selfie in it, because we want to do a special thank you when we donate. Next, we have a couple of new programs coming your way. 
Starting this coming Wednesday from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Twilight, our favorite tiefling bard, will be live-streaming horror games on Twitch with a show called Twilight's Terrors. This is a unique opportunity to interact with Twilight in real time and get to know the bard beyond the game. You can find us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash so be sure to hit us with a follow because uh, that's coming very soon. Finally, we have a brand new actual play broadcast coming to you in September. August 31st is our one-year anniversary since launching the first episode of TFU. And given the amount of love and support we've received from everyone, we have decided to launch a Patreon. Of course, launching a Patreon means showing our appreciation, so for anyone who donates at least $5 per month, you will get access to an exclusive all-new show that is written and DM'd by me, starring the entire cast, including Hezekiah, the voice of Yang, and an all-new player and cast member who will exclusively be on this show. So keep an eye out for updates, and... For those of you who follow us on Instagram, at TFUCast, you will already know which game we will be running for the show. Like I said, a lot of new updates. We've got a whole heck of a lot more in the works, but until then, thank you so much for everything, everyone. Our next live show will be going up on July 19th. Our one-year anniversary is literally basically a month away, and that is extremely surreal and... Thank you. And remember, the overseers are always watching. <laughs>